everybody, and welcome to the Energetic Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa LaFera, an astrologer, tarot consultant, all-around creative from sunny San Diego, California. And this is the 164th episode of the podcast, airing December 18th, 2023. Now, in this episode, I'm delighted to welcome back special guest Shu Yap to join me on the program to chat all about Capricorn solstice season 2023. So Shu and I lead you into the turning of the light from a northern and southern hemisphere viewpoint. This year's Capricorn period is dynamic in its own right, with Mercury retrograde and Mars hijinks, Neptune kerfluffles, and the always monumental midway activation point between eclipse seasons. And even with all that, there is the wait-for-it moment as the sun seeds with Pluto on the last day of the season. So we talk about all this and more. So grab your holiday snacks and let's get down to business. Now to follow along as we step through the charts, you can tune into the video version of this episode on YouTube. And of course, as always, if you'd like to support this program, come on over to energeticprinciples.com where you can book a personal consultation, uh, especially at this time of year. It's the beginning of the year, so why not look at the year ahead? So you can do that over on the website. You can also leave a tip or a, a donation, a holiday donation, if you have enjoyed this program all year. You can also sign up for my monthly transit newsletter over at the bottom of the front page, which is called The Heavenly Wind, and it goes out every month into your inbox and is chock full of goodies. So, all right, who is ready to hear all about Capricorn Solstice Season 2023? Here we go. Now, let's meet our guest. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Energetic Principles podcast. We have a very special guest back with us here today. We have Shu Yap, who has joined me all the way from Australia. Thanks for joining me, Shu. Hi, Mel. Always so great to be back and chatting with you. You are the funniest podcaster I know, especially in the astrology world. <laughs> I know it's a dry subject. Um <laughs> when it doesn't have to be yeah yeah so but we're good we're glad to have Shu back here she's joined me on the podcast a few times um for on a few occasions with if I try to think of the episodes it won't come to me but I know we did a Venus retrograde oh that's right you're Venus you're Venus lady she knows a lot about Venus if you want to study Venus Who's your gal? <laughs> Venus is just, yeah, it's just so spectacular, isn't it? Just so symmetrical. And I find that people that follow the Venus cycle somehow eventually all get linked up in physical reality in some way. It's bizarre how that happens. Well, so, Venus would only have it that way, right? She's like, you absolutely. have to meet. <laughs> it's the sensuality of it. Mm, have you been watching her in the uh, morning sky? Yeah, she's so beautiful, just being so elongated from the from the sun. And, you know, I now get up at four in the morning and do my work in the morning before I take the kids to school. So she's my one light that I can see when I'm looking out the window, you know. I just Aww. go, ah, good morning. <laughs> yeah, I am not up that early to catch Venus, but I am seeing Jupiter every night and Jupiter is shining, <laughs> shining <Yes>. bright. <laughs> Yeah, that is too. Yes, I do see it before I go to bed. So it's lovely being bookended from your day and nights by, you know, seeing Venus in the morning and Jupiter in the evening. So that's something actually quite 
special. Right? Bookended by benefics. What's not to like about that? Exactly. I'll take it. I'll take it. Feels very holiday esque, you know. It's uh... it does. <laughs> <laughs> so what what are we talking about here today? Well, it is almost Capricorn season, kind of. You'll get this when it's Capricorn season. Shu and I are a little ahead of the game. We're it's, it's we're only a third of the way through uh, through Sag, and we're recording this a little bit early. Um, actually, when Neptune is stationing, so caveat: as we are recording this, we have Neptune stationing in the skies, which probably helped uh, helped Shu and I uh, have a three hour uh, miscommunication with when we were going to meet today. <laughs> She sends me an email. She's like, okay, oh, sorry, I'll be on in five minutes. I'm like, five minutes? We got three hours. <laughs> and so that's what happens when you calculate for e- East Coast time versus Pacific time. I'm closer to you, Shu, than you think. You are. And thank you for being so malleable and flexible and very Neptunian, as you always are. You're always very adaptable, which is a really great attribute, I think, of Mel, being able to shift and shape shift into different things and conversations. So thank which, you for that. Which can only be a testament to uh, a Gemini Mars ruling a Scorpio rising because otherwise any other Mars, you know, throw some mutable in there. And you're like, okay. And it's like, actually, sometimes things work out for the better because now it's earlier. I'll be able to eat on time, which I like. And all is good. All is well. So we are here today to talk all about Capricorn season, Uh, Capricorn solstice season to be exact here. Um, When is it? When does it happen? December 20. Okay. So just caveat, if uh, we got Australian listeners out there, which might happen uh, with, with Shu joining me here, know that the dates will probably always be one ahead of what I'm saying. (laughs) Because that is just the nature of time zones on the planet. But for for here, I'm going to be talking about San Diego time, Pacific Coast time. And so we are going to have our Capricorn ingress on December 21st, which is a Thursday, around uh, 7.27 p.m. here. And this is the, uh, you know, official turning point of the seasons, right? We get our bi-yearly solstices. For for me, it'll be the winter solstice. But for Shu, it'll be the summer solstice, which always trips me out um, <laughs> to think about. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so, uh, so let's just think about solstice in, in general, Um and what that energy brings to the table. I'd, I'd love to hear it from your point of view, Shu, especially with Capricorn season being your summer solstice. That's fascinating to me. Mm, mm, yeah, that's just one of these conundrums that we will never be able to resolve. But I think it's really important to look into the symbology of solstices, you know, step up from the material realm and into the fact that you know, there's a turning point happening, you know, the sun's at its maximum declination and we have to shift perspective and shift modes in some sort of way. Uh, And so for you, it's more darkness, you know, that descends and, uh, no, for me, it's more darkness that descends, even though it never feels like that. Yeah. uh, It's more for you, I think, that it always feels really dark. But I guess as a grower, you know, because I do have a a farm as well, um, I always use the solstice as my cutoff date for putting anything in. You know, I just want to try and get 
all of my plantings done absolutely by the solstice, um, mm-hmm. preferably much earlier, but I'm actually very behind at the moment and I'm still busily planting. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a big um, shift happening. And so personally, on a personal note, you may feel at some level that you might be um, changing or shifting a perspective or turning around um, some plans or something like that. But we're talking very broad archetypal symbolism here. Um, so nothing too specific, but it's more just a, a vibe, if you know what I mean. <laughs> it's a vibe. It is a vibe. And the the whole, to speak to what you're saying, Shu, that's the nature of the solstice. Uh, well, any turning of the seasons is it's a pivot point. But the beauty of the solstices um, is that it's the most extreme pivot point, right? Because it is it is either the darkest of the dark and the light will return or vice versa. Um, and so a lot of times just the energy in general can have like that, that pivot point. Uh, shift that can be rather extreme in nature. And that doesn't have to be like, oh, everything's changed, you know, like just something shifts and then you go another way or Mm -hmm. the blockage that was happening for however long now has a resolve and every, and just the story is pushed to a totally different dimension, which is um, always nice. You know, it's cardinal signs speaking as a cancer sun, Capricorn moon, that's just in my nature, you know. I, these are the, the solstice signs, and t- when I tend to pivot, I tend to pivot hard. <laughs> it's not like a like yeah. like a gentle pivot. It's not that that Aries Libra pivot where it's like, oh, you know, we're just making some tweaks and we're just. <laughs> it's like it's oh, the sharp we, turn. <laughs> it is. It is. It's the switchback. You know. <laughs> Absolutely, and the other thing I was thinking too is that say if the sun symbolizes. So our essence and our identity and being at its absolute maximum sort of declination, one could say there is more permission to kind of step into the truer, um, most raw nature of yourselves, you know, during mm. these points. I guess this is the partly where um, that saying of the veils being thin as well, being at the solstice and equinox points, but particularly the solstices where um, we're able to transcend almost the boundaries of the material realm, um, you know, with the sun being right at the edge. And so that says a little bit about us being right at the edge of our personalities and our sense of identities. Mm, I love that, Shu, especially for this year, because the unique thing about uh, this year's Capricorn solstice, which we'll talk a little bit more about when we get to the actual forecast part, is that Mercury will be retrograde and making its Kazemi with the sun. So talking about this sort of liminal, like messages back and forth, you know, just mm-hmm. it's a very magical turn of the seasons this year, I think, um, mm-hmm. which I'm going to definitely mm-hmm. pick your brain about that. Uh, but it's going to add even more to the <laughs> the dynamic that we're talking about. Absolutely. So, so, you know, Cardinal Earth, Cardinal Earth is all about, we're talking about the pivots, initiation, this is an Earth sign. So it, I love the analogy, or not the analogy because it's your life, but, <laughs> you know, that you used of getting your seeds in the ground and making sure that it's, you know, everything's prepared to get the best growth. Um 
at the at the start of the season, which I will be doing too, actually, because I have a garden these days, not to the extent that Shu does, but uh, <laughs> it will. I have a feeling I am growing tomatoes right now, and everybody in the everybody in the garden is like, "How is this possible? How?" <laughs> I, That's crazy. You know, it's been a mild fall here as far as cold wise, and I planted. I planted in late August, like just the amount of time, because that's when I got my garden plot. And so they're like, you have to plot or you have to plant within 30 days. And I'm like, we're in between like seasons. What do you want me to plant? Mm. Like, I don't know. So I just went with some tomatoes and they are popping off. Like I got tomatoes all day long. I got some sweet treats. I got some some black cherries. (laughs) Amazing. Well, you've done well for just starting in August. I, right. And so, but I know that that tomato train is is not going to last forever. So I think I'm going to be with you on the getting everything out by uh, the the solstice and, and, and planting those seeds, right? Because this is the turning point to material uh, manifestation. Um, and we're in Saturn's mm-hmm. territory, right? Saturn in Pisces. So what, because we didn't have... I'm like, we didn't have Saturn in Pisces. Yeah, we didn't have Saturn in Pisces last Capricorn season or Aquarius season. So any thoughts, Shu, on uh, the flavor of Saturn that we're getting for this Capricorn season? Yeah, it just feels like um, an an island in the middle of the ocean when I think of Saturn in Pisces, you know, that bit of rock, you know, stuck out in the middle of nowhere. And I feel like that that sentiment really describes what society has been going through since Saturn's moved in to Pisces in March earlier this year, that nobody really knows what's happening. There's a lot of uncertainty. The stability is somewhat not quite present, Um, but yet we're forced to really be flexible and to try new things out. And I don't know about you personally, but, you know, for me, it's it's been a lot of like, mm, this is the way we've always done things, but this is not how we need to do things anymore or we need to try new things and it feels a little bit <laughs> uncomfortable or it feels a bit on edge. And I so coming back to this um, it, it, uh, solstice, we do have a little bit of that energy there. You know, we do have that sense that it's an unprotected sun uh, the sun's not particularly happy in Capricorn and Saturn, its protector, can't help it that much um, being powerless himself. Like There is a relationship, though, but not, um, not one that's that useful. <laughs> yeah. So this, yeah, this adds to that whole nature of um, um, that peregrine nature of just uh, just calling the shots a little bit. It's not. It's not what's traditionally done. Not. Not breaking away from tradition is like, and having more permission to make a statement about the new you or the new way things are being done. I think um, even more so, just because there's no strong domicile rulership enforcing its management there. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That right? Because that's a totally different flavor. Like we. This is essentially the first uh back to back saturn season that we are receiving that hasn't had that saturn in domicile you know repeatedly mm. getting us for a handful of years time so there is that erosion quality mm. that you speak Great of word. and eroding uh you know the container 
the tradition, the the boundaries, the um, the just the structure of like what we're used to and things feeling a little goopy, you know, like trying to, uh, yeah, try, trying to feel solid is especially in time honored things doesn't feel so solid anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And it has that emotional quality to it too, where things just feel off or they don't feel right or trying to get your bearings. But what does that look like when you're, you know, floating in mutable waters? Uh, And so we kind of just have to go with it. Um, But at the same time, it gives us a really creative container that might not be able to formulate exactly, you know, like the, but it Mm -hmm. it gives enough to, I guess, kind of lead us in what could be the right direction. Um, if it's not, you know, today, then possibly tomorrow, uh, you know, use that. Absolutely. Yeah. It opens up new pathways. It's like, I love what you said about the erosion because, you know, I'm always dealing with erosion here on our roads and things like that with the big rains and you get ruts and things like that. But I'm just thinking it's creating new pathways for new things to open up. And I'm thinking that last time, oh, not last, yeah, when Saturn was in Pisces, yeah, in the 90s, I think, that's when um, I think Toy Story was um, being released. And it was like, big advancements in CGI. Um, I think it was Toy Story. It was one of those movies. But um, And even Brandon Lee's The Crow was uh, being released. And, you know, unfortunately he was killed on set, but they had to really utilise technology in a new way to finish making the movie Mm. as he wasn't able to, to be acting. So from from a destructive, sorrowful event or, you know, these obstacles come new pathways for creativity or innovation, and that's what Saturn can offer. And this ingress of of the sun into a Saturn sign can give us that invitation to do that, to where can we, yeah, come up with new ways and innovations of turning things around. Oh, I love that because when I think about – mutable natures and peregrine natures. I'm someone who's actually really peregrine and my chart is you never know where you're going to end up. <laughs> like right. that's, that's the nature of it. You know, it has that wandering quality and um, you, you never know where you, you're going to end up and you never know quite how you're going to, you know, make it through or what, what's next or how things will change. But there, if you're, if there's the flexibility within that, um, things can still formulate and magic can still happen. It just doesn't Mm. have the, uh, consistency or the, or something that you can like solidly rely on. It's more of like, it all just kind of falls together. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. We, we can get, um, lessen the rigidity of Saturn and open up to the softness of, of, uh, it's Pisces yeah. environment. <laughs> I love that. So this is this is where we are. This is where we are with this Capricorn season, which is probably a, a good rule of thumb, especially since we're going to have Mercury retrograde <laughs> during it. Um, be be a little flexible there, but and Neptune being involved. But we'll talk about all about that. Um, what else is going on? Well, a good portion of the season we're going to be under the we're actually going to be under that Sagittarius new moon cycle that is going to be squaring. <laughs> Neptune, um, and Mm -hmm. along other things uh, that will be happening there, but there is that sort of loosey goosey, uh, mutable, Mm. uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> Jupiterian uh, quality going on, um, which is also another big thing. We're going to have Jupiter going direct uh, during the season two. And we'll have Mercury stationing direct. Uh, we'll also have Chiron stationing direct, too. If you're a Chiron follower, that is also happening. So we have three planets going direct. We'll have a full moon in Cancer. We're going to have cardinal quarters, which is always big news to me in the cycle. Because when we have cardinal quarters, there's things are initiating, movement is happening, um, and life is just moving, you know, going along. It's like the wheel turns and there's a dynamicism to the energy to, like you know, get it going. Yeah. Um, so just a couple other notes, you know, we're going to have Mercury, uh, obviously retrograde uh, and direct and Capricorn and Sagittarius while Venus and Scorpio and Sag, two totally different flavors of Venus. Uh, and we're also going to have Mars in Sag and Capricorn. So there'll be, um, yeah, some some different vibes throughout the uh, the season that we'll talk about here. But uh, I think there is actually a lot to talk about. So why don't we just get in there, Shu, and start looking at the chart? Mm. Uh, so let's share my screen. If you're watching us on YouTube, we're gonna go ahead and share. Um, share our screens, Shu. You see everything? Okay. Absolutely. All right. Well, we got it set here for the solstice uh, once again on December 21st, 2023 at 7.27 uh, and 22, if you want those those seconds there, p.m. Pacific time. And I guess I had, well, we're going to, let's just take a second to look at the ingress chart only because this is a seasonal ingress. And so it's always good to look at. Well, of course, we'll take away you know, the, the angles, just because it, it really depends on the location to, you know, predict certain things like that. But let's just think about the, the quality of this time, Shu. Um, what stands out most to you in the ingress chart? Um, just trying to pull up my um, notes. Oh, okay. Sorry. I'm having some technical difficulties. That's okay. <laughs> Neptune stationing. Um, we get it. We get a pass. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So the ingress chart, um, just bear with me just a bit. <laughs> uh, adjust my light <laughs> while you're doing that. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I've got to get, get it back. Cause I actually look at things on my screen cause it's <clears throat> a bit too small. There we go. Now. Okay. <laughs> I'm here. So the English chart, I'm back. Um, what I'm seeing is that there's a very debilitated Mercury because it's moving into trouble, I think. On the ingress, it's stationing retrograde. Um, I mean, not station, it's retrograde, but it's actually moving into a debilitated sign and towards Mars, mm. you know, all under the Sag new moon cycle of a stationing Mercury. So here I see Mercury being pretty prominent in this ingress chart um, that it could lead to, um, I guess, things like technical difficulties, <laughs> uh, time difficulties, movements. But I mean, in general, things like stress and anxiety, but this frenetic kind of un ungrounded energy 
that one might find themselves in, plans being interrupted, things going haywire. I think we're going to feel that a lot, you know, in this. Well, if this is the ingress chart, it's it's, it's the quarter. You know, yeah. there's, uh, there's a lot of um, static to me in this chart. Um, and because it's moving in towards, uh, you know, into com- it's in combustion, you know, it gets that Kazemi, but it's moving towards Mars, but not only towards Mars, but a square with Neptune. Mm. Unfortunately, that is baked into <laughs> the quarter. And and that Mars, Mercury, Neptune combination is, you know, it's not my favourite combination of planets. <laughs> you know, to me, that's very kind of dodgy and deceptive. There could be maliciousness around lies and truth and things like that, um, scams, um, theft, um, those sorts of um, issues could be big themes for the quarter, unfortunately. <laughs> mm. But you might have a more positive take. <laughs> well, I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta call, call, call it for what it is. That's the, th- that's the thing, you know. What you, what you, uh, what is the saying? What you uh, see might not be what you get. <laughs> sort of uh, <laughs> vibe there, um, especially with. The, I mean, obviously Mercury being in the condition it's in, combust so close to the sun, coming off the sextile with Saturn, uh, but also the moon's trining the sun perfectly and Mercury as well. Mm. So that's an interesting component about um, just the, almost like the receptiveness of the people to this configuration, right? You know, like, Mm -hmm. it's like you're easily like comfortable with the fact that this is happening or, or being, uh, you know, comfort, comfortable in a sense of, um, well, let's, let's say like, cause comfortable isn't, it could normally be a word for a Taurus moon action. But now that I like look closer, one of the defining features of going into this season is actually Venus in Scorpio, who's debilitated in her own right, is in that opposition to Uranus. So there is something about the quality of that Taurus moon that mm. is a little disturbed <laughs> or, or mm. just, you know, a little little shaken up um, or yeah. not as uh, sort of like rooted or grounded as normal. Um, yep. Yeah. But so, the, the fact that the moon has... Uh, is pretty familiar with that Uranian energy now. And haven't You're we right. seen that, you know, the last few years, well, so, you know, really since uh, Uranus went into Taurus, there's been disruption after disruption in society and people are just kind of used to the new normal being something that's totally unpredictable. So yeah. in a way it's nothing you don't worry too much about it. It's nothing you're not used to still might be a pain. <laughs> yeah. But what I, what I do like about this ingress chart is that the moon is making a conjunction, approaching conjunction with Jupiter. Yeah. Um, and even though Jupiter is retrograde, it is about to station direct um, soon after. So I think overall, like, we're going to be in good spirits about it. We just have to um, know that there's some some shifts going on. And going on within the background too, because what I love about this uh, ingress charts, you know, of Capricorn every year is seeing the dynamic between the Antitia of Sag and Capricorn. You know, Mm. there's actually a lot going on in the background here that we might not see. And this, 
we're under this veil of Neptune. So an Antitia uh, aspect is when planets are within two signs that show the same amount of light. Um, uh, and Ca Cancer Capricorn uh, are at that point adjacent to each other where we see a sh the equal amount of light being at one degree, say one degree of Sagittarius to say um, 29 degrees of Capricorn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, it's using that zero degree of the cardinal points as the axis. So the condition there is that there is a secret alliance between two planets that's having that Antitia relationship. And so what we're seeing, especially just after this ingress, is that Mercury is going to make an Antitia with the Sun and then the Mars will also make an Antitia with the Sun. So here I see strategic plans being formulated in the background. Um, mm. And I think... You know, whilst this can be a really great strong attribute, like you know, doing some some planning is a good thing to do under this next quarter. I think, um, but re really being smart about what your resources are, what you know, what your ideas and how they're going to be projected moving forward. Like, so this is a good quarter to do some long long term and short term planning. One thing I think you need to be aware of is that. These plans uh, might, you know, you really need to question yourself as to yeah. how, how, what integrity you have around these plans. Because I, with Mercury, you know, being shifty like that, heading towards Mars and Neptune, you know, I think it's a matter of integrity yeah. and honesty. That Which is, is always here. a big word for uh, Capricorn, just in general, thinking about that integrity piece. But I think you're absolutely right. Like when you're talking about that, I heard in my head, it's like, you know, make your plan, but uh, plan to change your plans kind of thing, because there's something about uh, the planning phase, which is natural for Capricorn season, uh, right? You know, we get into this, the shift of the season, especially here in the Northern Hemisphere when we're in the winter and we're in the dark and we're like, okay, well, what's that new year going to bring? Um yeah, we get that mm. uh, that Antitia aspect, uh, which has the planning, like you're saying, and sort of that is behind the scenes motion. But how about that uh, Neptune that's squaring it the whole time that might not see things quite for what they are or are making plans based on a dream? Uh, but we always know that dreams, uh, which are wonderful things to have, we need our imagination in order to push forward and make wonderful things in life. But how it looks in the ideal is never how it looks in manifested mm. form. So absolutely, the hard that, work, yeah. the hard work behind the <laughs> <Yeah>. dreams, <clears throat> right, is, is emerging. Uh, and and also be careful, you know, the seeds that you sow. You know, these plans will always have consequences. It might not be now, but you know, being, you know, the Capricorn season, we're always made aware of consequences. So. Honesty, integrity uh, is a big theme, I feel, uh, or, or to do <laughs> yeah. for all of us. Mm. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, being honest with people around you, but being honest with yourself, I think, <laughs> you know, <Absolutely>. that's, <laughs> yeah. so I, uh, I feel like that is some, some sage advice there, Shu. So we will move on yeah. from our ingress chart here to start looking at what's uh, what's going down for the entirety of the season. 
Um, and of course, one of the first things to happen is going to be that Mercury conjunction, which we were just alluding to. It'll happen on December 22nd on Friday, earlier in the morning here on the Pacific Coast. And, uh, you know, I, I'm trying to think of when, like, like, like I have this information off the top of my head, but had <laughs> thinking about a Kazemi Mercury on a cardinal world point, mm. it has some, some zhuzh to it, <laughs> you Doesn't know, it? it's very powerful. So what I feel with this Merc- Mercury is that it's actually not just changing signs, it's changing triplicities for the year. So we've had Mercury cycles Mm, all in the earth signs in 2023. And whilst this starts uh, like on an earth sign, but it's actually making an entree into the fire signs for 2024. So here we see another kind of big shift happening. Mercury is shifting from, say, um, the idea of practicality, material drive of the earth towards next year of more aspirational qualities, being inspired by our ideas and doing things that are more um, self-actualizing rather than survival mode. I think that's Mercury's message from 2023 to 2024. And this ingress chart with its Kazemi right on the day after the ingress is that kind of um, download, the goodbye to the earth and the hello to the fire. Mm. So we can all think of what we might want to do on that Kazemi of how we're going to bring more fire energy into our lives. You know, if you're a fire person, great, you know, you're coming home. But for people that aren't fire orientated, say you might be very watery, you know, how can you step into more confidence or um, step out and express your your inner thoughts and ideas outwardly a bit more. Um, how can you as- inspire others? And so I think that's a good Mercury Kazemi meditation to do on the solstice. Right. Yeah. No, I love that. It makes me think, <clears throat> especially after this cycle, like you said, of having these retrogrades happen in Earth signs um, and the that survival energy, but also that preparation energy. It's more like, okay, well, we got to rework the realities. Um, and the bits and pieces of the material, tangible world. And maybe that preparation and that planning and that moving of parts actually prepares us in a sense to then go through a cycle of expansion and risk-taking and more spirit-oriented impulses that are especially with the North node being in Aries and we're having eclipses in this Aries energy. It's like getting ducks in a row in order to like do the, do the, do the bold, do the, do the Mm. spirit oriented thing. Um, and not, you know, starve. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. I think of the Maslow's, you know, that Maslow's hierarchy, that Uh huh. Yeah, so I feel like fire is right at that top part. I think they call it self-actualization. You know, you've you've sorted out your your living situation. You've got clothes and you know, roof over your head and food on the table and things like that. You've been through all the steps and now it's all about how do I actually connect to spirit, like you say, and sometimes that is taking that risk. Um, you know, me coming to America is that risk. <laughs> like I'm just thinking that's how my 
fire cycle might be playing out. Um, And what you mentioned as well about the eclipses, um, it just reminded me that this this cardinal um, point of the ingress chart is really significant because it is actually, uh, yeah, the first Capricorn uh, solstice that's going to be at the bendings of the the, the yes. new eclipse cycle. And that's yeah. big, you know. Uh, I don't know whether we want to go into that We'll get now there. Or, We're going to yeah. get there. Yeah. So we'll, we'll put that in our pocket for a little bit later here. But that's a really good point to bring up, Shu, because that's, that's a whole – that's a different flavor. It's a different Absolutely. flavor. <laughs> So speaking of different flavors, so we have essentially we have Mercury uh, going on here and it will almost immediately move into Sagittarius and make that make that shift in debility to, you know, come down back to Sag and it's about to get in a it's about to get in a whirlwind. Um, We're not quite there yet, but uh, I'm just going to the caveat. If you're going to travel during this holiday season. (laughs) Mm, Yes. You may oh. want to have some backup plans. Yes. Get and, your backup plans. And it's the hot winds as well. You know, literally it could be hot winds, like hot, you know, people that do astrometeorology might look at Mercury moving into Sag and say, oh, hot winds. Um, but, you know, what does that mean in terms of, you know, your everyday personal life? You know, it could be, are you just over-talking? Are you just like, doing verbal diarrhea, you know, that kind of hot, hot wind <laughs> <laughs> as well. So, um, yeah, you might be able to see those manifestations. Yeah, it makes for a fascinating, uh, you know, family holiday uh, or, <laughs> or, or right. friends friends holiday or how, however you choose to celebrate your time. It'll be, uh, it'll be lively and unpredictable. I think that is what we're saying here. <clears throat> but not it's at full first. Full of adventure. Full of adventure. Full of- <laughs> Whether you want it or not, um, exactly. it'll be full of adventure. <laughs> so we have basically we have the sun trading places with Mercury and getting ready to make that sextile with Saturn. So there is sort of that um, stabilizing force, that not so stabilizing force that we were talking about uh, <laughs> earlier. And I mean, to me, this is like a, a day or two before uh, Christmas if you celebrate such things, Christmas Eve. Um, so just uh, getting all the ducks in a row and trying to like, make sure all the plans are in order and you've got all the, the food cooked and the gifts are under, you know, however you do your thing. Um, I think the, Mm. it's an interesting combination because it's basically the sun sextiling Saturn. And then on Christmas day, exactly. Venus is, uh, trining Neptune. So Mm. there's I kind of like that though. I mean, the Venus Neptune piece for a holiday, just saying. What are your what are your thoughts? Well, I'm actually going to have Christmas um at Wilson's Prom, which is a beach in a national park. So that's very Venus Neptune. <laughs> yeah, but um and in keeping with the Saturn in Pisces theme, but uh, what I was going to add to the Saturn um sun uh sextile mm-hmm. is that it's actually closing in on a whole entire Saturn cycle. So yes. Saturn, Saturn cycle is aging and it's old. So we might, uh, you know, this this sun sextile, whilst it, you know, wants to, you know, be structured and planned and things like that, um, and it sh- it really will have that softer Saturn energy, I think, 
um, maybe less rigidity involved. Um, and yeah, knowing that in the background, you know, we might feel comfortable um, knowing that we have in our back pockets, you know, a bit of a plan, a, a bit of a plan, but plans could also shift. So I think that's a nice, realistic, wise kind of satin sextile to the sun energy there um, that we can tap into if we need. It's a subtle kind of satin, but it's nevertheless still there to help us navigate through chaos. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little <laughs> chaos, you know, no big deal. Yeah. Um, I think it, to go back to what we were talking about earlier in the program, I think it will also help us be very flexible with what tradition looks like. And if tradition mm -hmm. isn't, um, you know, able to go off as planned or, or, or there's interruptions or, or just different dynamics yeah. with people coming and going and sort of that Venus Neptune flow and having to be really flexible with just interaction and, uh, yeah, you know, maybe some people don't show up because they're sick or, uh, sure. you know, like there's <laughs> there's uh, or you get extra people that you that you then you take in out of the compassion of your heart that you weren't planning mm. to have at your dinner table. You know, that's okay. Yeah. So now we have an extra table. And when everybody else always sits at the main table, you know, I'm just throwing ideas out there. But yeah, well, like one, <laughs> one example, a personal example is that, you know, this year will be the first year that we've done Christmas on our own. And so, mm. you know, this is really breaking away from tradition and the obligations or, you know, the felt obligations of the yes. entire family and things like that. So this is what I mean about, you know, the structures are crumbling and we're kind of comfortable with that now. Like we've never attempted it up until now. Like we wouldn't have attempted it for, you know, any earlier than this, you know, in terms of yeah. years. So I see that turning point. Um, yeah, coming back to the eclipses being more more intense because it's now squared to the Aries Libra eclipses of the you know that we've been having. So that's might have been one of the impotences that that made us make that decision about you know going to the beach for for a yep. Christmas holiday, which you guys can't do in America. I know. Well, in San Diego, we can, but uh, oh, you can, right? Okay, probably no, you can go you know, But well, maybe we wouldn't be splashing around in the water. Not, not there. Maybe in Florida, you know, uh, where I'm from, you know, we could do that. But yeah, so right. we're doing it differently, right? I think that's the gist Things of what we're different. saying is we're doing it differently, and so, yep. so get with why the new not? program. Absolutely. Get with, <laughs> get with the new program. I like that. Get on the program, you know. Exactly. <laughs> well, and that's the thing too about the energy, right? We got a Gemini moon uh, on the lead up to uh, Christmas there the day before. Uh, but that is a hot, hot and dry Gemini moon, right? We are getting close to the full moon, which will happen the day after Christmas. Mm -hmm. So there is a, a, an extra like Mm, to the energy to have that that waxing gibbous phase sort mm -hmm. of envelop Christmas. So and especially in Gemini, right? You know, there's a lot of a lot of back and forth. Um and then of course we're gonna have that Gemini that Gemini moon. Like, look at the shoe. <laughs> oh my goodness. And this is, I mean, this is for my time zone, right? So you might experience it a little bit differently. But essentially Christmas Day, we've got a Gemini moon that is going to oppose Mars. Square Neptune oppose Mercury retrograde. Sounds like a 
Mm. Sounds like a, a recipe for something. <laughs> yeah. Um, a foot foot and mouth condition. I know, right? I know. <laughs> well, this brings us back to what you were saying earlier and the hot winds blowing through. <laughs> Thinking hot about, wind. you know, people with like uh, hot air, you know, like speaking, like just not exactly. realizing what you're saying and just things yep. like slip out and, you know. Candles burning off it and, and, and setting the place light or uh, yeah. too much alcohol involved. But Burning the turkey. So, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but nevertheless social because it is a social move. Yes. Um, and Active, you know, super active. Very active, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, there could be um, very, very flexible, you know, to, to what's going on. So if, if things go wrong, I think there wouldn't be an issue in overcoming and 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 moving on and onto the you know next best thing I think yeah right this doesn't work out all right we're (laughs) we're turning turning uh, direction yeah and one of the greatest things I think about you know Mars Neptune like the one greatest thing (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's not easy but it is the idea of service, like a devotion yeah. to helping those that might be less fortunate or, you know, saying your prayers, sending out energy to, to those, uh, t- bringing people into the table that might not have anywhere to go at Christmas. So I think, you know, we can use that Mars-Neptune energy at Christmas um, and the moon tapped into that uh, for those sorts of um, themes. Yeah. You know, so or donating to charity, you know, your favorite charity, um, you know, Mars, Neptune can show a real strong um, dedication, focus and devotion to a higher truth or a higher, um, more spiritual use of your energy. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. You can go either way, right? We're talking about Thank mutable you. signs here. We could be out there helping those in need or we could be sticking our foot in our mouth and drinking too much which oh, right could be exactly. both yeah you know? who knows what could be the remediation for the other so i know right you gotta you gotta make it, it make up for it that's funny maybe we might propitiate this by uh, making a donation to charity before christmas there you day. Go. that's the <laughs> that's the trick there so christmas day wait for it that's all that's all i gotta say wait for it see how it turns out Uh, But it's leading us to that full moon in Cancer, which is going to be on December 26th, uh, which will be a Tuesday at 4.33 p.m. here Pacific time. And so we got that full moon in Cancer at four degrees and 58 minutes of Cancer right on my Venus. So I'm I had a like an epiphany a few years ago, Shu, about I'm like, why does Christmas time just kind of always work out for me? Like. Christmas ah. just always just has a vibe. And it's because Christmas falls with the sun opposing my Venus. So every every year, essentially. So there is this, yeah, it's always like this this good vibe, lots of gifts, like coming together That's with other great. people. Even when I was single back in the day, I'd always seem to have like a maybe like a partner that would happen around that would give me a nice holiday. And then something it then then Aquarius season and Valentine's Day would come around and it'd be like my fourth house and and then everything would just go to pot and then the, you know <laughs> like but there was always a sweet spot. And these were my younger years, but the sweet spot. And, uh, 
No wonder you've got your Christmas tree up and loaded. You I know. I'm like, girl. okay, get it here. I'm ready for this time. Like, yep, we are ready. Yeah, Christmas tree for those watching the video. I am prepared. Smells good. I was on yeah. the on the game, got it in. Yeah. Very organized. Yeah. <laughs> no, and uh, no wonder you are Mrs. Claus there. <laughs> I need to get I need to get an outfit here. Um, I do have a hat around here somewhere, but we're not going to do that. Um, so let's talk about this full moon. We got a the the moon in domicile. Obviously, we get a full moon in Cancer. We got a strong moon, and the luminaries are making a, a trine. Oh well, they're flowing with basically Saturn and Jupiter. And really Saturn and Jupiter, because Jupiter is about to station direct in a few days time, they're kind of getting to like the closest they'll be in a sextile again, but they won't Mm. obviously perfect another pass, but there's something to be said about their own relationship of like this, just the Mm -hmm. quality of the, the outer planets or the more um, societal planets there. So we have Mm -hmm. those. And then obviously we have the Mercury retrograde Mars component squaring Neptune because, like I said, this is the second full moon in a row with Mercury squaring Neptune. Uh, Granted, this full moon is not ruled by Mercury, but it's still going to be quite the impact. So what's your what's the thing that stands out most to you about this full moon? Well, it's a nice moon, obviously. It, it ticks all the boxes in terms of being in its own <laughs> sign. It's got a lovely approaching, uh, no, separating sextile to Jupiter. But then, it, you know, Jupiter's about to station direct. Oh, um, oh it's, uh, it's applying. It's, a, it's separating oh, from applying. Saturn but applying to Jupiter. Oh, sorry, what day are we looking at? Um, I, I might not have the... Yes, the exact, sorry, I haven't yeah, got the, it, the exact right. I've got on the day. So, you know, that's really great. And I, I think um, this lunation has a good foundation. Um, what I am, and I've mentioned it three times now, but I'm really interested to see how this goes because it's the first, uh, is it one of the first lunations? Yeah, the first lunation that is at the cross quarters of the eclipses. And mm. and I just always place a lot of importance on the bendings, as with many astrologers, um, because firstly, we know that the eclipses being in Aries and Libra for the next couple of, you know, year or so, um, we're going to see society as well as our personal society um, make huge um developments in the area of Libra and, and, and Aries, which is maybe, you know, around personal relationships, our sense of identity and autonomy um, in line with other people, that kind of thing. And where the eclipses are or where the nodes are, and the nodes are very tied into karma, like our inherited family patterns or inherited ancestral patterns patterns, whether it's ancestors of place or ancestors of blood or our ancestors of lineage, whatever that might be, doesn't always need to just be family. And I think where the nodes are involved, we get pulled into the direction of following, you know, what those signs do, you know. But when planets are at the bendings, we have a very conscious decision-making point there, which is the furthest point away from 
where karma wants to default us to. Mm-hmm. And so this is the lunation where we might get huge illuminations of like where you stand emotionally at least and even from your sense of identity, where you stand separated from family, separated from you know, your bu- the bureaucracy, separated from anything that you feel entangled with. You know, this is your illumination point or your chance to make a really conscious decision around what it would take to fulfil you emotionally. Mm. Uh, and so it's got all the good things going for it. Jupiter stationing direct there is going to help you to integrate, you know, and, and to find connection with your own spirit. Um, but also Chiron moving direct as well is that on the full moon. About, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. A statement about, you know, healing these wounds, like saying it's okay. Like you are not your mother. You are, you know, not what your boss says you are. You know, you're better than that. You are what you, you know, what you can make of your life is really up to you. And mm. yeah, that takes courage and that takes um uh, take you know you'll be required to take action it's a cardinal full moon so yeah what what do you think Mel on, on that I mean I think that's brilliant I think it plays in perfectly with the dynamic of um the dynamic that we feel when we're in the holiday season for a couple of reasons right a lot of people are around family and friends and uh, tradition and what people, uh, where people come from and this sort of this retrospect, especially at the end of the year of like, uh, who we are, where we've been, what we would like to be, what's the next year look like, you know, and just having this turning point with yourself, um, that especially with Chiron stationing direct the day of the full moon, where it has that sort of turning point to address, what is uncomfortable uh, about being you, you know, being mm. you in relation to who you have been, who you could be, uh, what it's going to take from more of like an assertive, self-directive, like, only, you know, kind of only you can change your dynamic or your life uh, mm. sort of standpoint. So I'm like doubling down on what you said, because I think it's really potent. Um, and mm. having the moon be in this sweet space of like the stationing Jupiter and this kind of sextile, like, no, you know what? I've, I've made peace with the Saturn component. I am going to the growth of Jupiter uh, and possibly, you know, cause that's a big thing too. If we think about the sort of what looks like a crunchy component with Mercury retrograde and Mars together and the square to Neptune is that they're, you know, Sag and Pisces, these are, this is Jupiter ruled signs. So even though that's an interesting configuration in itself, there's sort of this like spiritualized nature that could heat something up fast to then dissolve into some sort of um, you know, epiphany or understanding or surrender mm. into mm-hmm. what the, 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 you know, the guy, the guiding spirit is asking you to step into going forward. And so you can have like a moment with it, mm-hmm. release into it, and then, you know, sort of, yeah, just do what's necessary to, to move on. And maybe not even just in this particular moment, but that's the thing with full moons, right? They come to a head. And yep. this is that coming to the head moment. Um, yeah, coming to the head from the Capricorn new moon that would have been 
July uh, around cancer season last year, mm. you know, where we're seeing the results of that. Uh, and, you know, don't forget this f- full moon being on the bendings of the Aries Libra eclipses. It reminds me of a situation where, you know, ha- where we can illuminate or come to realizations about how our personal relationships are a projection of our family traumas, yes. family karma. And this this full moon is an opportunity to consciously stop projecting that, to unbind yourself yourself from any of this, these psychological, emotional, spiritual entanglements that that can give you this sense of a new slate. You know, we don't have to be a prisoner to them anymore. We don't have to unconsciously default to these behaviours. So, um, and, you know, given that Jupiter and Chiron are stationing direct, I mean, Chiron, as much as it is the healing planet, it is also very much a planet of learning and and growth and, and teaching and mentors uh, and, and combined with that Jupiter, you know, also another significator for learning and development. You know, this is a time of such immense growth that is potentially under its the full moon's light that mm. we can all tap into. Yeah. Learning about ourselves, our emotions. Well, and that's kind of what I was thinking as you were talking, like the like the phrase of like coming home, you know, coming mm-hmm. coming home to yourself in whatever way that looks like, whether that is coming home and where you leave behind the conditioning or the scenarios that aren't you, or sometimes we leave behind like aspects of where we come from that we have cast aside and those need to be Mm. revisited, uh, Mm. in some respect too. So it just is obviously going to depend on the person and in the situation, but I think we're going to learn a lot from this full moon. We're going to really feel it and it'll be a, a blessing, uh, moving forward in just the kind of the oomph that it brings. (laughs) Yeah. It could be the situation you've come home from a family Christmas and you thought, gosh, you're doing all this reflection time at that full moon uh, and, and, you know, debriefing from the Christmas affairs. (laughs) Debriefing. Well, let's, so let's move on because we have uh, our next planetary action happening is essentially the perfection of that Mercury retrograde. Um, conjunction with Mars, basically the next day, December 27th. uh, And then they kind of trade spaces with these squares to Neptune. So basically Tuesday through Thursday after Christmas and sort of in the time where a lot of people travel. That's why I'm like just putting it out there. Mm -hmm. You know, this is not like be, have, have backups, prepare to, uh, for things maybe to fall through or to have to wait or or for some mm. people, maybe you want to just impulse, like get in the car and go drive somewhere that there wasn't a plan for either. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like, but people are going to be moving around. They're all going to be trying to get somewhere. And there's probably just going to be a little bit of some some hiccups that could potentially happen. So it's also yeah. an interesting back thing that um, that. Mars Mercury conjunction is exactly on the antitia of the sun on that yes. day. So there's very a close. very powerful alliance of those three planets happening there. 
Um, when Mercury and Mars are together, I always think of the art of war by Sun Tzu, you know, being very strategic and clever and and savvy about, you know, how you want to um, strike a, you know, attack or how you want to defend and and. Yeah, so strategy could be a, your secret power on that day, particularly so in whatever house that falls into for you. Yeah, and so to kind of come back to the Jupiter piece, right, because simultaneously with that, we have the sun trining Jupiter at that mm-hmm. time. And then Jupiter, like I stated earlier, is backing you know, Mercury, Mars, Neptune, et cetera. So there's this actually Taurian, it's actually more grounded than um, we might think at first glance as far as just the the energy that supports it. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That just made me literally think of a plane being grounded, but that's that's a whole other thing. I'm really stuck on this thing because that's been happening like a couple years in a row. Like I remember last year we had the Mercury retrograde during the holiday and it like, that's when that whole meltdown of the, because it was connected with Pluto and stuff of the airlines, especially Southwest. And it was like, it was definitely a, a precursor to what Pluto and Aquarius is going to bring for air travel. Um, right. And the reforms there. But anyways, I digress. Well, but <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that Mercury, Mars, Sun and Tisha could play out like you are able to have done all the thinking beforehand to really back yourself in a situation. Mm. Like, you know, your identity, what you stand for, um, who you are as a person. You know, you might be able to... Um, present yourself in a way that, where you might not have felt confident enough to previously, uh, but you, but you've you've got all your backup points to prove that you're right or something like that. You know, that's that Mars Mercury being strategic with the Sun, so that that, that could play out that way too. Yeah. So if there's something that you need to speak up about, you know that that could actually be a good day to. Um, yeah, if you if you're mindful about it, it could be a good day to speak up about something that is worthwhile attesting for your your own sense of self and identity. Mm. It has to be important enough. It can't be trivial. Yeah, no, tri- <laughs> Based no on trivial. No principle. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. That's the first thing that came into my mind is like, you have to, there's like print and I'm already finding myself that there right now with the configuration with Mars now in, uh, in Sagittarius when we're recording this and, um, and I just had like a, I just had a conflict with my, my partner just recently where the conflict was behind the principle of, some, <laughs> of something. Yeah. But yeah. I also and have Mars opposing my Mars right now. So it's, it's like a, right. a hot, it's a hotbed for, <laughs> it you know. is, but you know, that whole Jupiterian, you know, it's all about principles. It's never about the yeah. detail. It's always about the it's bigger the principle picture, of what's it. the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. As it should be. <laughs> As it should be. So let's move on to Venus because she's going to be doing some things here at the same time um, that week after Christmas. So basically, Venus is getting to the tail end of Scorpio, where she is going to sextile. So she's kind of got some moves here. She's going to sextile Pluto, um, I believe, yeah, on that Thursday. Thursday, the 28th, then she's going to move into Sagittarius and pretty much just move on to make a square with Saturn. 
who, you know, every planet that's gone into Sagittarius has been in this new, <laughs> you know, new um, configuration with getting that square to Saturn first thing. Uh, but that will be on actually New Year's Day, uh, right when, right after Jupiter stations direct too. So what's your thoughts on, I mean, What's your thoughts on sort of like the combo of Venus, Pluto, then Sagittarius, and then Saturn? <laughs> yeah, um, you know, going too hard on New Year's Eve and regretting it on New Year's Day, perhaps. <laughs> perhaps so. That's that could definitely. I know. I was thinking about that too with Jupiter just stationing as well, and like in such a, like a sensual like let me take in all the thing, you know, all the good things yep. in life. Yeah. And then you're yeah. like, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. Greed is definitely overconsumption. <laughs> more, more, more. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. I can definitely, definitely see that. Um, but I think yeah. it's also like to <clears throat> actually kind of piggyback uh, real quick on just what you're saying about being able to get something out with the Mercury Mars combination, there is something about this sextile to Pluto that Venus makes at the end of the year, which is, in my mind might be sort of like a little bit of like of a op door opener or resolve to some serious tension that she's actually experiencing uh, just recently before we are recording this with her square. She basically conjuncts the south nodes, squares Pluto, and then moves into uh, her detriment of Scorpio. And I'm, we're living this real time right now and I'm feeling it and I'm seeing it around me. And so I'm wondering mm. if just her, her connection with Pluto here, especially since Pluto's, you know, that's the a big thing to think about. And I meant to preface that in the beginning of the program is that the, the entirety of Capricorn season is the 29th degree of Pluto. So this, mm. and then, cause that's the fascinating thing about uh, which we'll get to at the end of the season is the Pluto component, but there is sort of this, you know, this pregnant Pluto <laughs> at the end of Capricorn. And so any planet making a connection to it, and really, I think other than the moon, Venus is the only one, uh, and then the sun at the very end. But anyways, mm -hmm. I'm just thinking there's sort of this almost like a cathartic experience mm. that then she can sort of be introduced to this expanded territory, but not without its limits, right? With the Saturn mm -hmm. component. Yeah, I think there's a level of urgency there too. You know, I think mm -hmm. this will be you know, just about a month or so, you know, of a couple of weeks before Pluto then moves into the new sign. So there is this kind of like oh, urgent, hang on a minute, we haven't sorted this out and maybe that thing might be something hidden away or something a new discovery that that comes you know that that emerges to your consciousness that kind of thing because venus is currently deep in the earth dredging things up you know as if you know we're we're, we're cleaning off the last few bits and pieces before pluto moves on so yeah, like you said, that cathartic nature could be a, a bit of a theme with that Venus Pluto, and then moving into um, yeah, and then already being being in detriment there, Venus, um, and yeah, having some of those uncomfortable conversations around whether it's about finances, relationships. Um, um, questioning yourself about your own material desires and needs. Yeah, it, it could bring up some last minute 
things or or some uh, urgent kind of matters that yeah. that yeah yeah you know so I mean? so just another caveat that the, there's something about like the end of this year and as we get to the turning point and what might actually may, make us a little bit more serious when we're making those resolutions <laughs> you know especially Venus squaring Saturn on on the first of the uh, the first of the year, uh, there's just, um, yeah, yeah, it'll be an interesting time for just re- relating, uh, in general on, I mean, we're always relating to something. So just being able to be on the same page with someone else, with ourselves, you know, there's a, there's a process that's happening in, in service to the future, right? Because she's moving into a Jupiter sign, Jupiter's about to go direct. There's the turning point mm-hmm. of progress and what that's going to look like. Sure. And Venus, if you follow the the Venus cycle, she's at that stage in the fourth month or, you know, the the fourth Venus moon cycle um, that happens every month. And that's all based on the heart chakra. Mm. So, um, you know, it's, it's the chakra that is about your general personal well-being. Um, and so Venus being in Scorpio might be raising things that might be a little bit uncomfortable, but overall for the purpose of having your heart feel a bit lighter, you know, after all of that, you know, mm. so there's not, yeah. the heart's not holding on to that stress anymore and being able to purge it out. Mm, I love that. All right. We're sticking, we're sticking with that. We're sticking with that. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on, we've already stated that Jupiter is going direct on the 30th. Um, and then we have Mercury going direct on the on January 1st, on the first day of the year. Uh, let me get that up there. So yeah, so here we got Mercury essentially stationing in essentially it's stationing in a square to Neptune. Like that's what's, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, that's, what's pretty much happening here during this whole, you know, kind of bookend period of, um, you know, a week, two weeks time is we have this Mercury Neptune piece, uh, mm-hmm. happening, which I know we've already kind of addressed and discussed, but I just want to let people know <laughs> once again that that is sort of the magnitude that surrounds the the ending and the beginning of of this year and the beginning of 2024 um so Absolutely. There is that so that is the the middle uh is that the middle square of mercury neptune because it squares Neptune three times, right? Yes. So we've been through two and then we will, uh, so we'll station oh, direct the and then one. have the, yeah. And so the the last one doesn't actually happen until a week from, mm, it'll happen net. on the 8th. Right. So it's sort of, yeah. So it's like the 26th, from basically the 26th through the 8th there. And well, mm-hmm. and then there's also on either side of that too, there yeah. is that mercury neptune piece um happening. yes so the first time that mercury squared neptune was uh in this instance was on the 27th of november so i think we can we're starting to get to a resolution of an issue that emerged for us on around the 27th of november with the mercury neptune square um so whether that might have been um, something related to travel, um, you know, foggy mind, creativity, any of the, you know, think back to what happened around that 27th of November when it made its first square. And I think by the, about the 10th of Jan, I think that's when it makes its last square that's going to be resolved. But 
Mercury being stationing sort of within all yeah. of the last two, it really wants to accentuate the whole um the stresses of Neptune upon you, doesn't it? Like it's a well, and I, I feel like that's when it's gonna be like kind of like usually we get extra Mercury re- retrograde, like in the beginning. But if anything, Mercury retrograde when it stations, it stations in like a trine aspect to Jupiter. Uh, so it's, it's a different sort of, it's like, there's a different form going on. It's more when it's about to emerge and go direct that it feels extra mercury retrograde to me, just in the sense Mm -hmm. of, you know, being careful on the roads and, you know, saying this, but having miscommunications where someone hears it differently or the letter gets lost in the mail or, you know, what have you, there's more of the, the trickery, um, that Mm -hmm. seems to come up with the emergence, I think it, it, then maybe the beginning, but we'll see how that plays out. But mm-hmm. uh, I think just to be conscious of that, right. If just things feel a little off and off doesn't have to be a bad thing. They're just, it's different than normal. You know, our perception is a little skewed and a little dreamy and uh, maybe we are really involved in sort of like an ideal viewpoint or you know, this vision that we hold that we want to manifest, especially Jupiter energy and Jupiter now going direct, but uh, obviously Jupiter is going to take time to gain speed and get motion again. And so it can be a really dreamy piece uh, in the beginning of the year that facilitates sort of that imagineering process for what will come, especially when we get to April, which is going to be such a dynamic period. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and yeah, Neptune, I guess, is uh, we, you know, want to make you surrender to thoughts yeah. that are a bit too, you know, not quite on the mark or, yeah, pointing in different directions, you know, ideas that are sort of going in the wrong way. Uh, we might have to surrender yeah. them. Yeah. And then that's yep. where the change, that's where the change comes, right? Where he's directing like, okay, that's, uh, can't think that way anymore. So so that brings us to kind of the next uh, turning point of the lunar cycle when we have our uh, last quarter in Libra, which is also an interesting turning point with just relationships just in general, I feel like, when we have last quarter mm-hmm. in Libra, especially opposing uh, Chiron, which we did talk about earlier there. So there is sort of that like bendings quality that you brought up earlier that could just definitely take place during this last quarter and then obviously when we have the uh the new moon that's going to be exactly square the nodal access coming Mm. up in a week's time yeah there's just a there's an extra an extra like you know (laughs) that's the best way i can explain it just like a it's like I, yeah. I I feel like the I, uh, the image of a being at the chiropractor and getting your back cracked back right, into alignment. Right. <laughs> That's what I see. Yeah, well, I guess this is we're going to have a a moon conjunct South Node every month. I guess in Libra. Yeah. Um, so for the Librans out there, it's you know that real big pull towards you know your spiritual truth. You know you you're all undergoing some huge metamorphosis, you know, over the next year and a bit into this year. But this is that idea of the moon being on that south node, being pulled towards the the default of your being, mm. you know, uh, like the 
automaticness of your everyday life is what that south node is the safetyness and the comfort of being in your safe space whether that safe space is constructive or productive or healthy for you um so you know that's some tendencies we may have to watch when we're on this third quarter um we might be reminded you know of what i what i was saying before about the nodes being tied into that family karma or karma in general, when the moon reaches that south node in this last quarter and the last quarter is really about turning your back, you know, it, you know, you could consciously try and like turn your back from things that you might not want to hold on to, you know, use that south node energy to let go of some things. Um, you can play your cards that way. Um, but it is huge processing time you know, a huge processing time that brings up a lot of complex emotions that um, of entanglement, of safety, security. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it could be very sort of still and reflective third quarter phase. Yeah. Well, I, it's just dawned on me. It's like basically the – it's uh, – yeah, last quarter is on my partner's birthday. And then the next day we're going on a trip to go look at a place that we might get land at. Maybe not, maybe so, but we're kind of like mm. out to explore together um, and like getting it all together. You know, we're, we're such independent people on our own. So it's always funny, like trying to get us on the same page and like, you know, align. And so those sort of default comfort mechanisms for uh, how to relate, um, especially, uh, yeah, that's what, that's what I'm feeling like for my own, my own personal experience there. So it'll be, it, it'll be intriguing. Yeah. What's well, we must then. share the same birthday because is this the fourth? Oh, well, this is the fourth in London time. Um, is this the third for you? This is the third. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Cause that, that, that will be my solar return chart <laughs> the third will be yeah so yeah one of my best friends of... is born on the fourth on january 4th so that's uh and then right. my grandma was born on january 5th there's like a special uh, well that's the beauty of this for me is like these are the people that uh are con their sons are conjunct my moon uh in the zodiac right. so. so i tend to right. gravitate towards people born between <laughs> january 3rd and january 6th <laughs> the yeah. birthday of champions yes it is bless you capricorns um yeah so well and speaking of capricorn yeah. that's pretty much the next thing to happen in the skies is we got this we got this rowdy 29 degree mars on <laughs> mars and sagittarius who's about to move over on mm -hmm. uh january 4th into capricorn so we're getting a different mm. flavor of mars here mars is also we are getting close to mars out of the beams of the sun which is mm -hmm. uh which will be beneficial for mars so mars gets kind of a boost at this point where we you know it's getting away from the sun it's now in its exaltation place so Mars is a little mm. more reliable. <laughs> and, yes, uh, it's yeah. very powerful. Yes, being that morning helical rise of Mars and its yeah. exaltation. I mean, that could bring on big spurts of energy, you know, that's quite warlike too. You know, we can't we can't avoid, you know, that nature of Mars. But 
um, also very strong um, energy available to us, motivation, drive, power that we can use towards something hopefully productive. Well, and it also makes me think of where we kind of started off, Shu, when we were talking about the ingress of a Capricorn season and that the Mercury Kazemi at this point, because, you know, Mercury and Mars have been very intimate over there in Sagittarius, you know, exchanging words. And then, and then Mars goes on and now it's at that point of the, you know, the invisible point of the Kazemi and Mm. where it maybe can uh, take action on sort of the planting of the seed uh, Mm -hmm. that Mercury has transferred um, and had to work Mm -hmm. through, et cetera. So, that could be yeah. that could be a thing that happens um as well yeah. and i'm here for That's it a great point yeah great point you know it, it's waking up that um that special point that was uh, um Im- imbued with that kazemi um energy absolutely uh you know it might also bring up yeah you know, i'm just thinking you know, whatever plans were hatched at the Kazemi, Mars moving over there might bring up some challenges or the mm. uh, or an ordeal that you might need to overstep in order to, you know, bring those plans to fruition. Um, but I think that rising point of Mars on this day is also really powerful because of the synodic cycle that started at the Mars Kazemi, I think it was around the 18th of November, could have been mm-hmm. September. 17th for you. Yeah, 17th, yeah. Yeah, it's it's essentially what was in view then uh, is able to be more animated and brought out to yeah. life, you know, at this point. So there's a few things, you know, the fact that it falls on that Kazemia degree too is, uh, you know, really interesting because it's almost, yeah, continuing that conversation with Mercury which will then meet up with Mars again on the 27th, 26th of January. Mm. So they've still got this sort of relationship going on, um, you know, Mars and Mercury. Yeah. Uh, that's quite interesting. It's it's not laid to rest yet. Yeah. 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 And so uh, once again, wait for it. But I think we are going to have a, a shift a shift in action energy and dynamic. Uh, it's almost like Mars kind of just comes online, like in a very practical, like, oh, now yeah. we can do this. Um, mm-hmm. And it might be hard and things might be in the way, but we're motivated and we're ready. And, you know, especially with Mars moving into uh, Capricorn and then making a sextile with Saturn uh, about five days later. So it's it's gradually moving to sextile the ruler which we already talked about it's a little messy you know and we're doing there's like a little creative uh uh mm-hmm. flair to how things get done um in the not so direct way but one that can be uh, a little more imaginative and sort of work with what you got sort of energy <laughs> yeah yeah it's like if if the art of war was the theme of mercury and mars you know when mars gets to that zero degrees of capricorn it's like yeah, well, the army's in there executing those strategic plans. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. So what else is going on during this time? So basically we're set, you know, we're settling down uh into the closing down phase of the lunar cycle. We have the sun who's going to be uh making us the square to Chiron, actually. So more chi- chironic energy coming in. 
but then a trine to uh, Uranus here, and then the square to the nodes, which we'll see in the new moon. So the the sun's the sun's got some a uh, little crunch and a little electricity behind it. Uh, at the same time that Mercury is making that final square to Neptune on the eighth. Mm. So. Just any thoughts on that kind of period of time before we move on to the new moon and kind of thinking about those closing down energies? Yeah, I think, you know, that sun being so closely tied into the nodes is another statement, yeah, about the consciousness that we have available to us now Mm. at this point in time to write your own, set your own path, you know, that's free from free from what you thought you had to follow. Uh, and that can be a very healing thing that, uh, you know, being Chiron on the North node. Yeah. So, and the Uranian piece too, you know, Uranian energy has a maverick energy to it too. That's willing to, mm-hmm. you know, uh, go the, go against the grain and, and wake up energy to be able to, uh, you know, sort of have this sort of like catacomb, catalyst point that just changes sure. things you know just the shift that takes place of the of the awareness and the the identity um in yeah. a very internal way right you know we got still got uranus retrograde uh which won't have go direct i don't think until sometime in january late yeah. january or somewhere there there but the, the whole jupiter uranus piece you know, that's yeah. that's a thing too with all these planets in Capricorn that are going to be bridging the gap between the Jupiter, Jupiter, yep. Uranus. Yeah. Yeah. That it's the truth and authenticity that's being kind of embedded on that sun, isn't it? Yeah. Um, seeking to be the most authentic, truthful person that you can be. And what changes do you need to make like now, like you know, during this time in order to um to be that person. Right. The, yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that. And then Mercury, Mercury, that Neptune, that's like the, the whole perception of what the truth is. <laughs> Feels like it is it shimmers over and the mirages fade away. And then what you know, what the truth yeah. there is glimmers in from like yeah. the depths of the soul. And <laughs> there might be that temptation to um believe what you want to believe. And um and not step up to that challenge, I guess, not step up to the, you know, because Mercury's in aversion to the sun. Um, so it could be that idea of like, oh, no, let me just pretend nothing's going on here. Um, let let me just be in my sort of dreamy space that's that feels safe, that, you know, yeah. that feels like nothing's going yeah, that, you know that that I'm I am actually truthful. Yes, I'm I'm already all of that. I don't need to change. <laughs> and then when Mercury gets back into Capricorn, that will all shift. Yeah. So let us move forward to our new moon here on January 11th, uh, 2024, at 3:57 a.m. here Pacific time. But we have that 20 degree new moon uh that is an exact square with the nodes uh basically mm. we have which we've been talking a lot about so we know that's important this is essentially this the seeding cycle of that for the you know the the lunar phase period and of and that 
the lunation is also trining Uranus. It's separating, but that impact is going to be there. We also have uh, Saturn in Pisces ruling this lunation. And then Mars just came off that sextile with Saturn. Uh, and Mars and Jupiter in a flow too, because Mars is applying to Jupiter there exactly, I believe, on that day. Um, and, and then Venus is trining Chiron, which is sort of like a background figure. But the meat of this is that the, the nodal action. And then I think Mars's piece with Saturn in, in Jupiter, it feels, it feels very supportive after being in this lunar phase with Sagittarius that was squaring Neptune. And we had to go through all the sort of, you know, like there's more of a solidity of, of purpose and practicality and being able to move like pieces forward um, mm -hmm. and plant like yeah. real seeds and like sort of know, know what you're doing because something has changed. That's like, kind of like what I feel. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely does feel very action packed. Like um, doesn't matter how hard the task is that um, you're willing to take mm. the next move, willing to make yeah. the next move. That, you know, yeah, it's interesting what you pointed out with the Mars sextile Saturn sextile Jupiter, you know, like Mars and Jupiter being enshrined to me is a very entrepreneurial energy. Yeah. Like that risk-taking, you know, like what you mentioned with the fire sort of um, triplicities, it's the risk-taking nature that Mars and Jupiter can offer but Saturn being at the midpoint of those shows that you know these risks are probably going to be calculated and grounded so this could be a good time to make your move like on on maybe a long drawn out situation because we've got that sun making that last aspect to Pluto there you know to me this feels like a broader issue like this is the yes. whole Pluto in Capricorn issue you know these skeletons in the closet that that you've been dealing with for many years since Pluto's been in there, whether it's ancestral, whether it's, um, you know, personal relationships, work relationships. Uh, it's like this is the final straw. This is now where I take my stand and this is, you know, like the judges, what do you call it, the hammer thing? that they Yeah, the, yeah the, the gavel comes down. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. The yeah. gavel comes down. That's funny. Yeah, it kind of feels like that. You know, you're willing to back yourself. You know, we've got the sun at that, the bendings, the sun and moon at the bendings, you know, saying, you know, this is me as my conscious self. Um, you know, Mars strongly there saying I'm standing up for myself. Uh, Jupiter saying that it's all about your principles and your own truth. And then there's that little sat in there trying to keep every, all these egos in check. <laughs> Keep trying to hold everyone together. But, doing its best. Yeah. Doing its best, but not quite having the container to. And that's oh that's okay. I think that kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier in the program and the uh the lessening of rigidity that might have kept that um that momentum and progress from happening, right? Because mm -hmm. there maybe there aren't the same obligations or duties and uh, have shift shifted, and you know now we're kind of flowing with different form. 
Um, I also kind of got this sense of like when you were speaking of like now or never, like, okay, well, if we mm. don't, if we don't start now, when it's like, we got to do yep. this, it might take a long time. It might take a lot of dedication and devotion, uh, but we just yep. have to start somewhere. And so yep. why not now? Yeah. It's this final nail in the coffin. I feel, you know, the coffin being those skeletons that have been haunting you or that you that have been keeping with. it from you know the change from happening yeah so, so it feels shift. like there is this long journey of self-discovery that you know self-discovery through maybe encounters with the dark or or maybe encounters with the systems that you find yourself in whether that's family whether it's bureaucracy government workplace even socially like friendships and politics there like it's it's almost making a statement there um, and putting that final or urgent last chance, a last attempt to address something. Mm. I guess we will see when we get there, won't we? We'll have to. <laughs> yeah. we'll have and to... we will see at the Capricorn full moon as well how successful you were in all of this. <laughs> at the, oh, you mean in the, in the, the, Summer in, yeah, your summer next yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, you're like, oh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> your winter. Yes. Um, that's funny. That's so. We're, oh, how we're interesting. Shooting. Yeah, that just made me think of something. Shoe, like oh, sorry, I, yeah. I, I just had a, a just a thought about just hemisphere switches and how there's more of a solar quality related to the northern hemisphere that aligns with like the zodiacal, you know, um, trajectory of what spring and summer and fall winter look like, where in the Southern hemisphere, it's more reflected in those energies in the, the lunar aspect and the full moon of it. Do you know what I mean? Like, because then you get the full moons in. So here you are in winter, what would be my summer, but that full moon in Capricorn brings that, the, the brightness of the, you know, that Capricorn energy mm-hmm. and that winter sort of vibe mm-hmm. to life. Anyways, just thinking out loud. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that is that time frame. So it's, it's almost like if you do decide to be somewhat decisive about something around this new moon, have that six month time frame in mind. You know, that's what you're shooting for. Mm, it's not like, yeah. you know, you're shooting for the next 30 days. Like you're, you're thinking a little bit more long-term. And because it is that very elongated sun, you know, it is this whole pass, you know, to to be that maverick energy, to to do what might not be tradition, to step away from like what the structure has told you to do all this time. You know, so there's this sense of confidence, I think, that, that is reflected here with Mars and Capricorn. Yeah, as well. definitely, definitely getting the confidence vibe here. I think the confidence vibe is is strong and not in a way that's like overbearing because of the Saturn and Pisces. It's like a gentle confidence, but mm-hmm. you know, and yep. I, I like that. And and so basically moving on from here, we get it's a it's an interesting start because a couple of days later we have Venus who is going to make um a uh oh no i'm a little ahead of myself retract that statement uh what we have <laughs> is mercury actually moving back into capricorn 
on the 13th, uh, I have it here for the 14th, but on the 13th, Mercury is going to move back in. So now we really, we got a, we, we got a robust, uh, Capricorn party happening here. Um, mm-hmm. and we also have the sun sextiling Neptune, which I think is a very interesting piece shoe just because of how many squares that we've been having to Neptune. So now we get a little like solar support, in a practical mm-hmm. way of like what <laughs> what mm. this Neptune piece has looked like this this whole time, uh, at least from my end, that's kind of how I'm seeing it. Yeah, that might be a nice um, yeah, l- l- just like how it's sex styled Saturn, it's also coming into close and in another Neptune cycle yeah. um, again. So um, yeah, some level of cathartic. Neptunian issues might come up, but also, you know, that sex style can show just a nice, flexible um, flow in life. Yeah. Um, uh, tapping into a creative flow um, with spirit and things like that could come up for that day. Yeah. Um, and especially yeah. that, just that weekend of uh, the, well, especially more later in the weekend, that kind of Sunday, early part of the week Monday, we have the moon in Pisces. So there's, so it's an interesting actually lead up shoe because you get sort of that like, okay, well, let me situate with that, that Piscean, that Neptunian action. And then we move into a, a dynamic first quarter, uh, in Aries, just in the middle of the week, just a little bit later, uh, mm-hmm. as the sun gets really close to, Pluto. And so it's a totally different vibe, you know, going from a sun sextile with Neptune, some Pisces energy, and then just like kind of like a switch flips a little bit um, by midweek on the 17th. And we're, yeah. And and then Mercury is also trining Jupiter at that point, getting closer to Mars. uh, And yeah, so there's, there's, I feel like this is a dynamic kick after a little mm. bit of a dreamy hot second. <laughs> yeah, very that was a very transient um dreamy moment. Yeah, it was but, like, oh, and then you're like, ah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I think this could be well, obviously like the continuation of, you know, what we spoke about the new moon, um maybe a, more of a stronger impetus towards tangible action. Yeah. Like we might have thought about it and decided what we we're going to do at the new moon and now we're actually doing it. And so we might start to see some, you know, things in our environment that reflects what our thoughts were at the new moon. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Because- like so the pressure is kind of on at that point, especially with it being backed by that, you know, exalted Mars and um, who's kind of been ready and ready to go, right. You know, is building, building momentum in Capricorn Mercury's kind of on that page. It, it feels very like, it feels very sort of like, I guess maybe I'm going to come back to the now or never sort of <laughs> energy mm. that I brought up during the, the, the seeding of the moon where it's like, okay, uh, well, well, where do we begin? What's the, what's yep. the first step? What's uh what low hanging fruit can we pick or round, you know, round up to, to make some sort of d- dynamic sort of shift, um, just enough mm. to kind of get the ball rolling and that sense of momentum, uh, to piggyback off Absolutely. of, so you got to start somewhere. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, it's like if that risk taking nature of that Mercury, um, Mars, Jupiter, trine is still, you know, fairly much there, but 
Mercury moving in on Mars is, you know, it's like mentally getting your headspace there now. Like it's not just a pie in the sky thing. And yeah, and then Mercury's sextiling Saturn at the same time too. (laughs) Exactly. So it's a, I really, I really like this configuration uh for mid mid January around the 17th it feels like it's kind of go time we have a, a couple days later we have uh Venus getting in that our last our last of the planets Venus is always trailing behind everyone with her morning star phase now but she is the the last of the planets to make that square to Neptune um which could be nice it's like you get some things done and then you're like okay I need to need to decompress a little bit <laughs> yes um, yeah it's the time to smell the roses i, I don't mind a venus square neptune like oh, me like either it. i'm all i'm i'm down i'm like yeah i'll <laughs> kick my feet up especially as a, music, as a musician you must love that yeah right get a little creative force and you know this this might be the day that i would have like a glass of wine because i, I don't drink much or have any like but i'd be like you know what i'll have a little bit why not you know, yeah. you only live once. We're just. <laughs> <laughs> it just softens everything, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it does. I mean, but it will be slightly kind of as a tangent. It, uh, exactly. It's not yeah. the main storyline whatsoever. It's if if anything, it's more of the the brief release because it's basically we have the bookend of the, the first quarter moon in Aries and then the sun moving to make its last conjunction with Pluto ever and Capricorn in our lives times. Uh, so it is a bit of a reprieve within a rather intense period of, of time. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And I think depending on where that Neptune is in your chart mm-hmm. compared to say that whole cardinal action is in your chart, might depend which way you go because that Neptune Venus could be a kind of that laziness like oh yeah I should actually I go and have that conversation but I can't yeah. be bothered let's just pretend nothing's going on yeah <laughs> or so if if you've got say um uh, angular mutable signs you know you might take that option um, because that Neptune Venus will be stronger for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if you're, <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. That makes a lot of sense. But if you're a cardinal, if you if you got those cardinal action, you're gonna be you're gonna be in the thick of it. And then that you Venus are. and Neptune are gonna be a like gonna be a side side note. And anybody that's Venus and Neptuning, you're gonna be like, what? Get your shit together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This is Absolutely. not the time for that. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah, they're just there's a sense of indulgence, you know, with yeah. um, Venus Neptune. Um, so yeah, there there could be a bit of an escape, uh, a sneaky little escape route um, out of these uh, more intense sort of situations, which exactly. could turn out good or bad. Yeah. Yeah. Don't it's it's not a bad fun. thing. Yeah. No. Yeah, you, it might just be enough to pull you out of a sticky situation um, because the sun is very much edging in and definitely in orb of that conjunction with Pluto. Like you mentioned, it was the last one. Yeah. Um, so let's move to that because this is big. So that basically we're getting to the end of Capricorn season and wow, it's got it's got a special treat in store for us. <laughs> it does. It does. It does. So look at this. Sun Pluto conjunction at 29 degrees 
in 59 minutes of Capricorn. Mm. Like you cannot get to <laughs> any further in Cap. Like it is the celestial timing on this just to mm. like exhibit it down to an hour. So basically this conjunction, this is what happens during that day is this very, <laughs> very intriguing Sun-Pluto conjunction. Sun moves into Aquarius, basically, you know, less than an hour later. And then a few hours after that, we have Pluto. If you'll do it. Come on, Pluto. Move it along. How many hours do I got to do? Keep going. Pluto's like, I, you know, I have, there it is. And then Pluto moves into Aquarius on the same on the same day. Basically, we have mm. this energy. So Aquarius season is a beast in its own, but we are not here to talk about that. We're going to leave that for the for the next episode. But Shu, tell me tell me what you think about a this configuration and quality of time, January twentieth. But also the cycle itself, this year-long cycle of mm. yeah. yeah, yeah. As much as it is about the about to start a new cycle, it's very much about the ending of very a cycle. much, very it's, much. You couldn't get more ending orientated than this. This is yeah. like talk about that final nail in the coffin. Like this is the, this is the nail. This is the nail bang. and the hammer <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, this is the last bang of that hammer. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I mean, personally, I'll be glad to see the back of this, um, you know, having Capricorn planets and, um, yeah, it is it is a time for some really great acknowledgement, I think, for yourself. Like I, I think it would be good to spend some time this day to really think about how you've um, come over the past, over the decade period, because it has been that long, about 14 years. Yeah, since, since 2008. Um, what has the journey looked like? Yeah. Is that 14 years? I can't do my maths. Maybe, maybe a bit 15 more. Year, 15 years? 15 years? 15 or so no. years. Right. Trying to do. <laughs> and, you know, yes, that's Even a long 16, time. Because I think it was like, I don't know, we'll, ha we'll have to. Back and uh, forth. Some, yeah, something actually, along now that. I got Shoo, I gotta know now. Why? All right. We have okay. to, there can't be, let's see. Okay, November 2008, Jan, June 2008. So the first entry was, so the first entry into Capricorn was January 2008. So basically 16 years ago to the date of this final uh, sun, sun conjunction. So Let's go back yeah. to our chart. So 16 years, pull it back. And so here we are. Yeah. We are. I mean, it is a long time. I mean, some people listening to your podcast might, might not even have that many years either side of that to, to reflect on too much. But I think it is, you know, a story about our um, where we've come from, you know, like as in our roots of our being, you know, that has featured really um, strongly with that Pluto and Capricorn and as well as the structure of our being, you know, our family structure, you know, how we manage ourselves, you know, what is our executive functioning and and 
how that's sort of been through the big roller coaster over the last few years, especially in the last, you know, since it got to the end, you know, 10 degrees, I think, of Capricorn, you know, where things really start to sort of amp up and get more urgent. Um, so I think, yeah, it'd be good to set some time aside to really think about how far you've come and and what have you renewed in all of that? Because that's the the gift that Pluto gives. Yes, it must might pull, put us through the ringer, but you know, it gives us the gift of renewal and rejuvenation, you know, yeah. that you you literally have a new skin after all of this. Um, then, you know, go and get yourself some new clothes, perhaps, you know, to celebrate this. You know, Saturn, ruler of Capricorn, rules, you know, limitations in our skin. So our boundaries will have been shifted. Our skins will have been shifted. You know, have a think about that because it is a time to say goodbye to that old self. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I mean, this the, the sun, the sun is radiating in that Plutonian energy at its most extreme state in Capricorn and whatever house that lies in your chart. So you know, take it, take it all in. Cause it's been a, it's been a journey, but like she said, that's the reward of Pluto is it like strips away everything to get to the nugget, to get to the treasure, to get to the whole reason of the, uh, of the difficulty or the vulnerability or the bareness or the change, you know, <laughs> you gotta, and so, uh, so this is almost like extracting the treasure. It's like, cause if you haven't yet, or you're just not aware of what that is, this could be a very enlightening period of just really tapping into what all that really meant in the grand scheme of things. Mm -hmm. um, and, it, and then especially just in society in general, right? You know, thinking about Capricorn being the bones and the bones of society. This is like this year is going to be intense with this final, uh, you know, synodic cycle between the two because it it, it will exacerbate like all the especially the power dynamics and the people in charge because you know pluto the power mm -hmm. but also you know the light of the sun and the the many kings and queens that rule this world mm -hmm. uh yeah there'll be it'll be one one for the books let's say it that yeah, and it could be the fact that um, yeah, government systems are losing power. You know, they they are on the gradual decline. You know, as we all said when we saw Pluto move into Capricorn, you know, back sixteen years ago, um, that we knew yes, bureaucracies and government systems were going to be in for it, and there is a big shift in power happening, and so you know. Mon our monetary systems, um, for example, are going through a big shift, you know, towards that digital currencies that they're trying to bring in. So I would say Pluto moving into Aquarius will be the new mark on on that, you know, a, a big push towards digital currencies. And this is the last, you know, the last attempt um, to uh, – yeah, the the last attempt to you know whether you you're you're for it's, it or against it. Yeah, to hold on to the old. Yeah, to, to where yeah, yeah, Pluto loves to thrust us into the change. 
Not in a way that's always, you know, fast the way that Uranus does, but it's slow and it's eroding and it like it's it's coming and you feel it and you can fight yeah. it all you will, but you won't win. <laughs> exactly. It's very toxic. It can be very, very toxic it can energy. Be. It can be. Yeah. 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 So, so take yeah. all that in for the last day of Capricorn season, because obviously everything that we're talking about has longer longer terms behind it. Uh, but there is that sense of, wow, look at where we've been, look at where we're going, feel the ending, mm. take in, take in the ending, take in the ending of the self. And as Shu uh, said, to lean into the regeneration and, and the rebirth that all that experience has essentially afforded us. Because had we not gone through it, we wouldn't get the reward. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, be kind to yourself. I mean, give yourself a pat on the back for right? what you've been through. A lot of people have been through a hard few years and a hard decade. Um, so, yeah, it's been huge for society, Pluto going into Capricorn. It's it's one of the biggest um most destructive times of our short little lives, don't you think? <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, it really has. It really has. Well, because that's the thing is like when you feel it on a, a tangible world, communal, societal, structural <laughs> level, it's going to hit you the hardest, right? Absolutely. It's, it's going to, it's, you're going to see it, you're going to feel it. What I find Absolutely. very interesting about the just a wrap wrap up note before we go to our uh, our one last word. Um, what I found interesting, yeah, <laughs> start now. Uh, <laughs> what I find interesting about the season, though, in the in the beginning and the end, is that we ingress with the the moon in Taurus at zero degrees, exactly trining the the sun. Uh, and then we end with the the Sun Pluto conjunction and the Moon in Taurus exactly <laughs> trining the uh, so there's an interesting Taurus like bridge and how the Moon helps us integrate these uh, the beginning and the end of of Capricorn season. Uh, so yeah, and maybe thoughts. it's a statement about the Earth, you know that. Right. Because Pluto and Capricorn also brought in the big piece about sustainability. You know, how are we going to sustain this earth? And uh, I can't help but think that the moon has been trining it there is to say like, you know, well, I can't say our jo your job is done. <laughs> I don't think we've done a good job of it. No, no, the job is just <laughs> beginning. <laughs> this is the, this is the, the crucial component, right? Because this is baked into that sun pluto synodic cycle is that 29 degree taurus moon that also shows the urgency of the yeah. you know the anoretic nature of these two earth signs so yeah. yeah as if to say never forget about the earth because yeah. we will come and get you <laughs> through volcanoes through natural disasters all that all that so <laughs> predatory earth all right <laughs> oh my goodness Shu. we have done a bang up job i think for our uh capricorn solstice season uh session here so it wouldn't be 
Energetic Principles podcast, if I didn't ask you, <laughs> if you had one word to describe Capricorn season this year, what would it be? Oh, right. And if it, and it wouldn't be me answering this unless I say, can I have more than one word? <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it would be two words, conscious, <laughs> conscious detangling, I think. Oh. Mm. I think we really have the opportunity to to disengage ourselves from our structures here. Um, and I'm back to the eclipses because this lunation is that first one of the cross angles of the eclipses. I think it's really important uh, as a theme for the year. So make of it what you will and um, let's see what happens in six months' time. <laughs> Or at the eclipses. At the oh yeah, well, I think we will definitely see it then. I think we will definitely. I don't think we have to wait that long. Well, the six months will give us the uh, the second effect <laughs> of the eclipse, probably. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Conscious detangling. Yeah. What would I get you say? That. I get. I can. I can feel that. Um. Gosh. Uh. Let me, let me gaze, gaze into the stars of my ceiling. Um, <laughs> I always look up when I'm thinking, like, even if I can't see the stars, I'm always looking up, like, someone's got to help me. Help me. Looking um, for God. <laughs> spirit, help me. What is the word for Capricorn? Mm. Oh, that's a weird word. <laughs> I got the word derail. <laughs> Right. Which, which can really go a couple angles if you think about it. It's thinking about there's like a train on the track, especially with all the Mercury, all the Sagittarius, Mercury, Mars business that we were talking about, the Plutonian business. I mean, sometimes it's good to derail. What might be that maverick energy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, Great. and if you do get derailed, that's kind of comes back to what we were talking about earlier about like dealing with the skeletons in the closet and unfinished business yeah. and like having to, uh, you know, shift course to get in line with, you know, the, the long-term growth of what's happening here. So if you, if you get a little derailed or you choose to derail or you take that train off that track, I, uh, but can, you can do it with conscious entangle, like detanglement essentially. Right. You know, <laughs> derailing <laughs> derailing sounds like you're so not in control which can totally be the case especially when pluto's involved and saturn and what have mercury you. retrograde going yeah. into mars and neptune yeah so yeah it's like, not without its problems i think capricorn season but there's also lots of opportunities and that brings me back to that whole mars mercury thing you know that whole chinese expression i think wagey you know where crisis opportunities actually come from crisis you know mm, yeah that reframing of a problem to then create an opportunity so that is also a big theme for this month i think if we can encapsulate what we've just said in the past how long we've spoken for absolutely i'm here for it all right shu well i think we have come to our end point here where can people find you what you got going on 
Um, well, I'm getting ready to teach another solar returns course with Kepler. Um, nice. I'm doing another five-week course, um, which I do twice a year now, uh, and that starts on January 20th. So there's early bird rates at the moment, so it's it's up for grabs on the Kepler website. Um, I'll also be doing an uh, in-person um talk can you believe it i'm gonna have to put some pants on for that oh my goodness (laughs) pants (laughs) so if you want to see my legs come to the victorian astrologers association i'll in oh in the new year i'll be doing a um lecture on remediating the solar return chart so looking at a solar return and how to make some remediations for for that year specifically um other than that i've got um, yeah some other talks coming up further along the way which you can check on my website at intercycle.com i-n-t-e-r-p-s-y-c-l-e um i also run a a little thing that i've developed called the third house studio which is lots of fun we meet up once a month to do um, chart reading practice, uh, and it's really great. We we have been having lots of really good stuff come out of it. Um, we've done sort of a trial six month thing, which is still going. But I'll be probably looking at doing a next intake next April to start for May. So if anyone's interested, uh, say if you've done a course, a foundational course, and you still need a little help reading charts and to get you to that next stage this is a really helpful practical way to um, look at other people read charts as well as get airtime on how you can read live clients um, charts so yeah we'll have to get you into the group mel and to see how you read charts too at some stage (laughs) give me in give me in yeah Um, i love love reading charts give me a chart i'll read that chart um it's Absolutely. so fascinating to see how everybody approaches it. Every astrologer is different. Uh, I yeah. mean, we share similar principles, but how the mind works, right, is such a, a crucial component to dissecting and delineating. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, it's, yeah, lots of fun. And so, yeah, I guess the easiest is to sign up to my newsletter um, because that's where I'm most active. I've kind of not on social media too much anymore. So um, if you just go to intercycle.com slash news, you'll be able to jump on the mailing list and um, just get the updates from there. That's probably the most um, reliable source of information for me. I'm very old school. I just go by. I like old school. You you are, uh, you're definitely Saturn. You guys, (laughs) you're very Saturn. Me and my hardwired headphones. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So, well, let's see. What Saturn? What Saturn are you? Shu? Are you a in Libra? Are you Libra? Oh, yeah. I'm an exalted exalted Saturn. Saturn. (laughs) Look at you. Oh, and also, um, I'll be coming to meet you next year too. That's right. We're going to, I'm going to see shoes, legs. It's going <laughs> <laughs> to happen. I'm coming to San Diego. I'm coming to LA and Iowa. So if anyone's around, you know. San Diego, LA and Iowa. Not, not the combination that you're, that you're used to hearing in a row. <laughs> yeah. That's all funny. new experiences for me, but I think I'm encapsulating this sort of mercury and fire 
triplicity next yeah. year and and just taking that risk and I'm coming to America. <laughs> I well, I can't wait. I can't wait to have you here. I'll be ready and raring. Yeah, awesome. So, all right. Well, I will of course share shoes information over at uh, energeticprinciples.com where you can find me. Um, and you can actually find me, I mean, you can find me on energetic principles on Instagram, but I've been actually doing some, uh, more YouTube, uh, videos doing live streams. I've, I did one for Sagittarius season as listeners of the podcast might've, might've heard, uh, but I'm starting to branch out, uh, and do shorter segments. I will do, I'm doing a Mercury retrograde one where this will come out after that live stream. So don't, (laughs) don't expect to catch it live when you hear this. But my whole point of saying this is that I've created sort of like a fun little program that I'm going to do more lives on for more, um, isolated transit, such as Mercury retrogrades or an ingresses, maybe a weekly thing. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. You know, there's only so much time and I'm sure Capricorn season will, uh, bring that right on home, (laughs) but, uh, it's really fun. So if you want to be uh, on alert for those, come on over and subscribe, subscribe to me on YouTube. If you're not already watching this here, uh, because it'll tell you when I go live and all that jazz. Um, also I have a newsletter too, the heavenly wind you can sign up for that goes out once a month, uh, that has all the goodies and the details, uh, and uh, a different form of me writing versus me speaking, which is a, as you and I were talking about earlier is a, is a whole nother narrative of way of expression. So check that out. Um, and yeah, I think that's really all that I, I'm still working on tarot of her round in the corner with uh, the book and the packaging and all that jazz. So I'm in that land right now. So, uh, stay tuned because I do have some, I do have some teaching ideas coming up and I'm just going to say, I'm just going to tease, tease, but I've been ruminating on a couple offerings that could come in 2024. Mm. Oh, go that oh, fire. Oh, <laughs> I know, right? Perfect. That'll be perfect. Uh, so what else? Now, if you would like to support this po- program, uh, leave a comment or if you're watching YouTube, uh, like the video, subscribe. These are all things that help the algorithm say, hey, this is cool and you should watch this. Also with reviews, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, especially on Apple Podcasts, leave a review, hopefully a favorable one. But the but the more reviews you have, the more people are like, oh, I want to listen to this. It's all, it's all mind trickery, right? <laughs> it's all mind trickery. But we need help. And what about if you don't have an Apple podcast? Uh, What if you don't have Apple like I do? Oh, well, you know, if you're listening to it on Spotify or SoundCloud uh, or somewhere else, it could be that I forget that I sound up for. I don't think you can rate them on Spotify. I don't think it works like that. SoundCloud, you can give a little heart. You can give a comment, but it's not, you know, the beast. The beast is Apple. That's where like the, you know, and same with YouTube, the beast is YouTube. So those are the two, if you're going to make it count, do it there. That's what, right. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Okay. I've got to get on uh, Apple. <laughs> yeah. You can't. Oh, well, yeah. Well, so anyways, um, what else? Share, 
sharing is caring, spread the good word, uh, share this link or, you know, audio with a friend. Um, so they know what's, what's in store for Capricorn season. But really, I think that is it. We have said enough. Um, and I really want to thank you, Shu, for joining me on the program again. It's always a pleasure to talk with you and pick your brain all the way uh, across days and time zones. <laughs> it's so much fun. <laughs> thank you for having me. And yeah, have a Merry Christmas, everybody, if you celebrate that. And be safe. Don't go too hard on that Jupiter stationing New Year's. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it, uh, but do enjoy yourself because that's what life is all about. So, um, yeah. All right, everyone. Well, happy solstice. Welcome to the last uh, hurrah of 2023, and we will see you in the new year. And as always, may the stars be with you. Mm-hmm.